Hey there, welcome to ATLM29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. I'm here once again with Tyler Jones. Uh, Tyler, you were at the game last night. Hawks are on a win streak now, uh, but it was also the first right. the first game at State Farm Arena. Uh, what would you think of the new old place? Well, it definitely felt new. They had a lot of... Uh you know, new little items. They had a nice, where I, where we were, a nice little uh, alcohol section. I forget what it's <laughs> called, but that was, that was pretty nice. But I didn't, I drove, so I didn't really, I didn't really try to drink. But the, um, the seats were, the seats were great. Um, you know, even though I was in the upper level, like, you know, it was a great view and uh, kind pretty, pretty different from what I remember from Phillips. Whereas, you know, Phillips, the sight lines weren't the best. The lighting was a lot better. Like, everything just seemed more modern. Uh, I'll put it like that. So, like, overall, it was a great environment. Uh, you know, the bad thing was that the traffic to the game was just miserable. Um, I Like, I – and it wasn't a shock that basically people didn't get to their seats until, like, what? midway through the second quarter i honestly stopped paying I attention think, like i when when um, they tipped off i was like oh man it's empty i know the traffic's bad but then i was like okay i'm gonna check in the second quarter and then i forgot i got caught up in stuff and didn't pay attention. i mean no did it fill up the traffic the traffic wasn't bad the traffic was as bad as it like it traffic was miserable like it just it <laughs> literally stopped um going when once you got to around uh where i was coming from uh 75 north so once i got to exit 250 it literally stopped again and you know i left i left around i left an hour and a half before i got there and it like it got to the point where i was like you know i'm just gonna park over at this goat's parking lot because it, it just i want to cut down on the walking time because i i don't want to i don't want to deal with any more driving like just get me here and let's <laughs> let's get into the arena but uh you know, outside of that, like the, the place was the place is nice, and um, you know they got a couple of nice little new things. The uh, the uh, new scoreboard or whatever that 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 was pretty cool. Um, you know, they got rid of all the uh, the stuff back in Phillips. I don't know. If, now I'm just random bit, but back in Phillips, they used to have like the stats <laughs> all around the uh, on the upper end, right? And basically, it kind of got in the way a bit, but now it's a lot clearer. It's just the scoreboard, and it, it you know it doesn't clutter with you with all this you know uh, information that as a fan you really don't need. If you want to look that stuff up, you, everybody has a cell phone now, so I think that's. That's why they got rid of basically the scoreboards on the side and just have the one big one uh, just to tell you what the time and the score is, but, you know, leave everything else out. Uh, so that that was nice. Um, no, but the place the place looks great. And, uh, you know, it's if you're in Atlanta, like, it's, you know, tickets are, you know, reasonably priced. So, like, you catch a game, you know, it was a fun one. Right. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it really was pretty dramatic. My my biggest concern is that, like, as a media person, the the Hawks switch benches this season, so they're like not near the media section anymore. So when Alex Poitras got hurt, and I'm trying to kind of look down there and track, it's like I can't I can't see that without binoculars. Like, I 
you know, they, there's just too many people standing too close together to get a feel for it. Like when they were on our end and you kind of just look down and it's right there. But I agree with you. Like the building looks great. The lighting, the lighting is beautiful. Like it's, it's just really makes it look nice. Uh, it's, it's more of a, like a warm, but bright yellow light as opposed to just kind of a cold blue light. And it's, it's more uniform, right? right. Cause I mm -hmm. like, like it, it felt like it felt like there was a very clear theme of a color, you know, a color theme. Whereas at Phillips, it was kind of just all over the place. You have, you know, you got the state, the blue, but then you also got the scoreboards, which were yellow. They were this black and yellow that that basically bathed the entire upper row. <laughs> and it was just like now, like it's just one color throughout the stadium, uh, and you know the lighting like you can see like it's 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 not like you couldn't see before but like you can like it was just it's, it was just it's just a lot it's a lot better viewing experience for for um you know if you're attending the game so you know if i'm a if you're a hawks fan when and you know if you're listening to this you're definitely you probably are but, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so like you know catch a game because you know, State Farm. State Farm is a massive upgrade. Yeah. All right. So uh, basketball stuff. What'd you think of the actual basketball contest? Well, I would like for them to not be down twenty six points because that was <laughs> such a bummer. Uh, that that first half because it was. I was getting like it was just like it's one of those things where you, you're just. You're at the game. You're like, man, did I waste money coming here to watch them get, you know, just blasted? And the frustrating with this team uh, through four games is that, you know, when they get down and when these big runs happen, they're always such correctable mistakes. Um, I rewatched the game on television because you know you miss so much. Like at the game, I felt like, oh, Amari Spellman, he's making these simple mistakes and right. You know, they keep giving up these open threes because of blah, blah, blah. But you can't really see it until you get a, you know, a second viewing, and a sure. third viewing. But sure. I watched the game again, and it was just a lot of mental errors on defensively. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot uh, – at the same time, uh, the Mavericks were hitting some, some, uh, some quality looks. Um, in the first sure. quarter, I would say that it was more – like, it was a lot of – to begin the game when the Hawks got down, it was just – you know, typical laissez-faire defense that you will get sometimes from Torrin, where he'll he'll be lazy on the on uh, getting around a screen, um, getting around a screen, and he gave up a couple open looks to uh, Wesley Matthews early, got mm -hmm. him going. Uh, Luka Doncic, Kent Bazemore just wasn't being that physical with him; like he was just allowing him to get back to his right hand. Some it like it, it was it was very clear early on that the scouting report on Doncic was to keep him on his left hand. Right. And um, to begin the game, like, they were just doing a terrible job of it. Like, Doncic consistently got to his right hand for those, you know, those money floaters where, um, you know, he, he, there was no, you know, there was no, uh, like, and Alex Lynn wasn't, he wasn't doing what he needed to do, which was the stutter step because he was too scared of the lob from DeAndre Jordan. Sure. Um, so it, it was a bunch of that. And then, then later it became, it just became, you know, the Hawks were running 
the offense was fine. They were just missing layups. They were missing open three-pointers, which happens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when bad things happen with this team, with the Hawks early, like, it, it feels like they start getting into hero mode where they – they get out of it, out of what they want to do and do and just do, you know, they get it kind of selfish. You saw that a bit with Trey Young with some of his floaters that just, they just want quality looks. Bembry had a couple, couple drives where it's like, you're not really, you know, you're not really doing anything to get a quality look for the offense, but you, you, you know, you're just, you're taking this shot that's not a good shot. Like, you, you know, you, you can move the ball around and cut some more, try something else. But, you know, they, they started to panic. And then, you know, you look up, you know, all these mistakes with um, Alex Lynn miscommunicating on switches. Alex Porter is not getting back to his man defensively, which just causes, you know, the Dallas Mavericks to have a four-on-five situation on the other end to get an open three-pointer. And then you're just down 26 points. And... <laughs> Like, you know, it was probably a blessing in disguise that Trey Young got into foul trouble, um, you know, because he wasn't playing well either in the floor. He started to rush his stuff. He started to, you know, he started getting in his own head uh, right. to me. I felt like he was, he was, he wasn't playing with the poise that we saw, uh, you know, for Cleveland and a lot of the Memphis game. Uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, um, okay, Doncic is killing it. Now I got to do something. But, you know, the what what the Dallas Mavericks were doing to him dictated him just to, you know, run the offense. But instead he was just – he was just he was just getting in, into his own head a bit. But uh, so I think it was a good thing that he got to sit down a bit, you know, even though the fouls against him were pretty rough. But he got to sit down, calm himself down. And, you know, what really changed the game was, you know, Deadman coming in and just really providing stability um, and some veteran leadership. That's something that they were missing. Uh, right. You well, know, when they they that, took out Young, when they took yeah. out Young, they put in Lynn. And again, you know, Lynn didn't really make a ton of mistakes on offense, but he didn't offer much and he didn't offer much on defense either when they, that was the number one thing they needed. So they had to go to their third point guard. So it was kind of Bembry and Deadman at the same time. And that's when they really got their defense set. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Lynn's defense was miserable, like bad, bad in that first half. It was like they, the Mavericks were really taking advantage of him. And I was like, man, I would like, I even tweeted at one point, I was, uh, when Herter and Lynn were in the game, and like, man, I would much rather Herter guard J.J. Barea here because he is just, like, Lynn just is not, you know, he's just not quick enough to stay in front of J.J. Barea and he's just getting, like, the Mavericks are getting, consistently getting good looks off the actions that involve Jeremy Lynn. Right. Um, you know, and then Spellman at the same time um, was panicking when he didn't have to. He He would be in good position, but then he would jump or he would, commit himself where if he just stayed solid he'd be fine so you know when Desmond came into the game you know Desmond he's such a pro like he's such a pro on the both ends of the floor like he knows where he has to be on you know on every action and you know when Desmond got in and then you know they had Bembry uh, guard the primary ball hand at the point of the attack that's when everything switched and all of a sudden the Mavericks could no longer um, generate quality looks and you know, that's a big – if we talk about the Mavericks, that's a big weakness of their team. They're, they're very much a 
um, scheme slash hunt the mismatch uh, offense. And when it wasn't provided to them, they just couldn't get a they couldn't get a good look. Like a lot of it, like uh, you know, they were quote unquote in a shooting slump, but really it was a bunch of you know Dodgers taking step back threes or Dorian Finney Smith, you know, taking open looks, which the Hawks were fine with. Like. You know, it, it was a great okay, yeah, that's, adjustment. Yeah. That, that was the thing, right? Because I asked Pierce about this today because when I looked at the film, I was like, oh, wow. Because they, you know, Luca had that first, that big first quarter. And so, you know, by the middle of the second quarter, what the Hawks did was they, they kind of flip-flop power forward and small forward. So they put Torian on Doncic and he did a good job. Like he was, he didn't do much defense in the first quarter, but in the second quarter he did. And then scheme-wise, you know, well, how can you put, you know, Vince on somebody that much quicker? Well, you just dare him to shoot. Vince waited underneath the basket. He was he was basically a one-man zone defense. And they just put Dorian Finney-Smith in a corner by himself and just said, yeah, if you want to pass it to him and let him shoot, have at it. And, you know, they didn't even give him that many chances to shoot it. And when he did, he, he didn't make it. But But here's what Pierce said. Last night, DeAndre mentioned that you, in the second quarter you started keying on some shooters versus others. When you have a, a situation like that and you kind of leave some guys open, do you feel good about it or are you just kind of taking advantage of what's there? Well, you know, how do teams get threes and how do teams score? And one of the things we learned in the New York game, our weak side defense was poor and that's how they were getting into the paint. Regardless of what shot they were taking, they were just getting into the paint a little bit too much. So, you know, when you have a guy that, you know, we want to see if, if he's going to beat us tonight, then he's going to beat us. But we've got to make sure we take care of the initial set. We've got to make sure we keep the ball out of the paint. We've got to make sure we're not in scrambles or rotation the entire time. We'll know who not to help off of, and we'll know who we can help off of. Um, and not to say that there was a specific guy. We needed to stop the initial action and then worry about the secondary action after. Speaking of has he does he have a stranglehold on backup point guard role at this time? No, you know, he, he I don't really know what position Dre is. Um, Honestly, he's played the four for us. You guys may not know, he's, he and TP have both, Torian have both played the four. He's played the backup one, and then he's played with Trey. So, you know, the beauty of his athleticism, his talent, his ability to play with the basketball, um, his ability to play off the basketball with cuts and slashes, is he's just a basketball player with, uh, with some good athleticism. Um, he can make plays. And so he's played some at that backup point. He was on the court primarily yesterday for his defense. Stayed on the court for the rebounding. Um, and then he gives us DeAndre basketball while he's out there. Um, it's helped. He's making threes, so you have to honor him. When you close out to him, he can get in the paint. So we're, we're, getting a little, we're starting to see more about DeAndre than I think in years past. And, of course, I, I coded my question there a little bit because I didn't want to just trash the opposition there. But, I mean, the way I looked at it is what the Hawks did in this game, what the Knicks did in game one when, when the Hawks opened the season. And, you know, you can just mm -hmm. get that buffet of open three, that open corner three-pointers, which is, you know, pretty much the best shot in basketball unless it's just like a wide-open layup. If you have a competent shooter shooting it, and, you know, the Hawks didn't do it in game one, 
they kind of flubbed their offense to begin with. They weren't even, you know, making the right ball decisions to get the ball to the corner. And the Mavericks, they just seemed disinterested in it. Like, they didn't even try to get the ball over to him. Yeah, I mean, that was true. But also, I mean, to be fair to them, the Hawks weren't allowing the guards to go to where they wanted to go. They like, it was some great, like I, it was great perimeter def- defense from Prince, Bembry, oh, sure. uh, Bazemore, and then Herter as well, where they, they were just, they were just in their, they were in their jerseys and they weren't like they, they I mean, absolutely. It sure. was, it was physical, it was physical defense, but you know, they weren't fouling. Sure. Um, the intensity they, they kept went the up. hands back. And they, they, you know, they, they use their feet to get, to get by, you know, to get by screens being set by DeAndre Jordan instead of using their hands. Sure. Uh, and, you know, they use their – the advantage the Hawks had over the Mavericks was just overall athleticism on the perimeter. And they use that to their advantage where it's like, hey, wait a minute. These – other than uh, Dennis Smith Jr., these guys can't beat us off the bounce. You know, they need a screen. So we can actually jump these screens. Um, you know, we get a head start on these screens because we know we can always recover if they try to beat us, you know, if we hedge a bit. Other than Dennis Smith Jr. And, Den- and, like, and with Dennis, you know, for all he had, a, he had a solid game, but at the same time it felt like the Hawks were comfortable with him taking mid-range jumpers. They're like, okay, if you're going to beat us, that's fine, but we're, gonna have, we're gonna always going to have our big, you know, around the rim, and you're not, like – you're either going to make a tough layup or you're going to have to shoot a floater. Right. Um, and, you know, to Dennis Smith's credit, he did, he did pretty well of taking his quality looks that were given to him. But at the same time, those didn't generate the open three-pointers that were, that were just killing the Hawks to begin the game. Sure. I, I mean, mean they, had, they like, had their best defenders in. So you've got, you know, you've got Bembry and Prince and Bazemore. And, you know, you, first of all, you know, you've got your best defenders without really a weak link. If they're playing intense you know, with intensity, which they did. And like you said, you know, they took that hedge on the pick and roll and just kind of smothered the pick and rolls because they weren't worried about having, you know, to recover because Vince Vince had their back and they weren't worried about that corner shooter. So they had three players defending the pick and roll. And so, you know, the center, Deadman, instead of kind of dropping back like Len usually did, he had a security blanket back there as Vince, who was just kind of chipping away at everything. And so you could play more aggressively in that style, you know, just knowing that you could smother those things. And of course, you know, DeAndre Jordan is a great role man, but he's not going to beat two people. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, they just, you know, it, I mean, after that first quarter, the Hawks played some of the best, deep, probably the best defense they've had all season where they, I mean, they just stifled everything the Mavericks wanted to do. The Ma- like the, um, like the Mavericks, like if you look at it, this the Mavericks had fifty six points with like six minutes left to go in the second quarter. Yep. Um, and they ended the game with only scoring one hundred and two points, mm-hmm. and like the Hawks just suffocated them. That and because you know offensively, you know the Hawks they got they they got hot from you know they got great looks from three and they began knocking those down, but. Overall, they weren't that good offensively. Yeah, there was like a uh, stretch say... in the fourth quarter, too, where it was like the Hawks got stop after stop after stop after stop, and it was really an impressive stretch of defense, but it didn't feel like it because they weren't scoring. 
So like you didn't notice how good the defense was there just because the offense was pretty bad at the same time. Well, I wouldn't say it was bad. They they were getting I mean it was like a 4 minute that, stretch where it was like Yeah, it was I, yeah, that fourth quarter like honestly the fourth quarter I felt like it was better. My thing was in the third where they cut it to one and then it was just a cavalcade of Trey Young trying to take do a one on three fast break that ended in a <laughs> turnover. Um, right. Then next play, Herder just throws the ball. Like Herder gets the ball, they they have a four on five advantage, and Herder throws the ball away um, to the team, and they uh, or you know commits a live ball turnover that leads to another layup. It was just a but like it was a bunch of it was a bunch of like they would make a great play and then they get back to you know really either unnecessarily panicking or just not running the offense. A bunch of you know, just not just not good offense. Like the third quarter, and then a bit of the you know in the middle parts of the fourth, they weren't really play- like when Trey Young went out in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. the offense kind of stagnated. Right. But um, you know, we talked individually uh, about Trey for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his fourth quarter was impressive. It, it has to be said, considering just I wouldn't say he was playing poorly. I would say that he got into foul trouble, that which led to him, his defense suffering mightily um, from it, and then offensively, uh, he was just he was taking he was taking those bad floaters that we talked about where the spacing is not there and he still take like there's a di- there's there's a difference of the quality of look of, of a floater when sure. you know you have space and, and you know. That that's the that's the best option that you have compared to what he was doing, which was space wasn't there, and he was really like he was going into the teeth of the defense, trying to, you know, make a shot that really wasn't a high quality look for him or the team, where he had better options if he were being more patient. But you know, he came back within five minutes to really put his stamp on the game by doing what he did well on all game, which was draw fouls, right? Um, a skill that a skill that he has that he hasn't really shown until tonight when, you know, he just didn't have like his, his offensive game just wasn't clicking for him. He was making more um, live ball mistakes than we're used to seeing from, from the first three games. But then, you know, he came back as like, okay, I'm going to like, what I'm going to do, I'm going to beat my man and draw contact. And instead of avoiding a contact with the floaters, I'm going to go in, like, I'm going to beat my man, then draw the contact, allow it to hit me and then shoot which led to him getting to the free throw line, which really um, valued the offense for a bit uh, until, you know, they realized that, hey, you know, the Mavericks really only have one good perimeter defender on the floor with Finney Smith not being in the game because the Hawks just weren't guarding him. Right. You know, it was really – it was it, it then just boiled down to whoever Wesley Matthews isn't guarding, either Kent Bazemore or Tony Prince is just going to abuse them. Um <laughs> Just because they don't like they they don't have the foot speed to stay with those guys, and or you know they just don't have the combination of size, athleticism, and strength to really keep up with either Bazemore and Prince. And you know it has to be said, Ken Bazemore had a hell of a game. His second quarter really, you know he got he got great looks. He wasn't forcing anything. He was just getting great looks at the rim. Mm-hmm. He was getting great looks from three. You know he just played a great uh, floor game on both ends of the floor. And he kept them in – he got them back into the game with his 14-point second quarter. And, you know, overall for the night, you know, scoring 32 points the way he did on that level of efficiency, 
Like he just had a great game, and he t- he really took advantage of the Mavericks' lack of wing depth. Um, and you know, again, kudos to L. Lloyd Pierce to you know identifying the mark uh, for the Mavericks offensively. You know, not respect. You know, if you're gonna lose because Dorian Finney Smith is making three corners, then you're just gonna lose. But you know, we're already down 26. We gotta gamble somewhere mm-hmm. to make this comeback. Let's do it that way. Uh, and then once they got level, they just played solid defense. They weren't making the miscommunication errors. You know, Alex Lynn started to be more aggressive um, with his defense. It, it, it ended up getting him burnt with, you know, him getting dunked on. But, hey, that's the risk you got to take. You know, sure. you got to live with that one play. Um, but, you know, overall, we need you to, you know, we need you to step up a little bit more in order to help the team out. Uh, so, you know, just overall, they just, you know, great fight, something they've shown, you know, really all four games. And, um, you know, it's just a fun viewing experience. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bazemore, I mean, he was like the one player who was like consistent through almost all four quarters. Like he didn't, he didn't swoon and struggle as much as some of the other people. But going back to Trey Young, like he'll take that step. Like when he's driving, he's he's not just kind of taking the blow. He'll initiate the blow. It, he got an offensive foul on one because he just you know kind of got into the hand to hand part of it too when he was trying to just get into these defenders. Oh yeah, body, when but... JJ JJ Barea flopped like yeah. Uh, oh of that's, course, that's, a, that's such a weak call. <laughs> like let me let me just say this because that is something that actually annoyed me at the game. Then I saw okay. the replay when I was at home. Like. Trey Young beat J.J. Bray, and then he beat um, the kid from Villanova. I forget his name. He's not a kid, but the point, the rookie point guard from Mavericks on Villanova. Where Brunson. It, it wasn't even – like, those are not fouls. Like, sure. it wasn't even contact. Like, they, they called like, – <laughs> like, Trey Young had basically um, crossed dude up, shook him out of his shoes, <laughs> and they called, a, they called a foul because they thought he used his off arm to push off. Right. Where it was really like he just made a move that caused him to trip, right? And so it was like it, 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 you know, he got he got hit with an unfair whistle, and that kind of, sure. you know, he really couldn't get into a rhythm, um, into a rhythm until like really in the second half where he wasn't in so much foul trouble. But sure, but I mean, I like know, that it, he's doing that. I mean, it's I don't know I mean, that he's he's do. never going to be a plus finisher at the rim. I mean, he's just too small, but he's a good enough. I mean, when I asked Pierce about that, you know, early in the season is basically his answer was, well, he's got to be a passer. You know, if he gets under there, you know, if he can't get a good shot, there's probably somewhere he can pass it. And he's obviously very good at finding those passes, but there's still going to be times where he has to go up and finish. And, you know, it looks good that he's trying to get that sliver of daylight. It's never going to be him bowling people over, but if he can, can just kind of make it a, uh, a net even between him him hitting the defender and the defender hitting him, that's usually enough to just keep that defender from getting a maximum leap at least. Yeah, and I'll I'll never say never. Um, you know, with Trey, he's probably not gonna be a good um, uh, you know, uh scorer at the rim uh That's true. Through the early part of his career. Uh but you know there there are ways there are there are things he can do that's true. um to be better and the primary one is to uh not take you know 
shots that are contested, right? Like at the rim, like you, you have to be a smarter basketball player instead of, you know, being a, you know, either being stronger or more athletic with him. And that, that can come through time. Um, you know, there was one play where Maxi Kleba, he beat Maxi Kleba um, to the, you know, beat him off the dribble, and then he got his shot blocked from behind. And, you know, I watched, you know, watched it live, couldn't really see, and then, I'll, you know, watch it, you know, on review. And that one was where he, for what some reason, he came back to his right hand. And, you know, he had it, he had the layup to his left, but okay. uh, I guess he just wasn't confident. It, it's It's just, like, when you're that small, though, you have to be on your P's and Q's with with everything. I think he just assumed he beat him and, like, Cleaver was just going to give up on the play mm-hmm. where, you know, you know, he, he – stuff like that he can just be better at in general. But, you know, he – again, he in, implement – you know, he, he put his mark on the game, you know, really with that start to the third – you know, start to the third quarter – where the Hawks brought the game back to one point where he threw just an incredible pass to Torian Prince, um, like just a bullet from <laughs> like he's got, the he one that almost decapitated stop. him. Yeah, yeah, because he wasn't looking. Shortstop's arm because Torian did not expect that pass <laughs> at all, and it just like it hit him dead in the face to a point that he had to make the shot. Like it was just it was one of the best passes of the seat, like yeah. you'll ever see, like just live. And then, you know, watching it again, I was like, man, that's an incredible play. But, uh, yes. you know, overall, like, you know, you say for the full 48 minutes, the Hawks were the better basketball team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had physical advantages that the Mavericks didn't, that they took advantage of. Really, without the Mavericks having Harrison Barnes, you know, they just don't have – they don't have the wing depth. And the Hawks just flooded – like, they just kept coming with long, athletic, quick wings guys who were six four and above to guard their ball handlers. And that, you know, that changed the game. Um, you know, that, that was really a difference. And the Mavericks just didn't have that guy who would, you know, pierce the defense and get guys open shots from long range or lobs or layups or anything. So, you know, overall great performance from, uh, from the boys in red. Right. And that's getting into DeAndre Bembry a little bit. Because he w- he took on that responsibility of guarding the point guard in a lot of situations, and he's quite good at that. Yeah. How, how did he get sixteen rebounds? I I just kind of looked down, and it just it's great. It was great sitting there out from from the bigs, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it was a it, they did. Dogs have done a much better job of gang rebounding since really the first game, uh, where they just got abused by Cantor. Uh, if you like, if you watch it, it's a lot of like even Herder had. A, oh, I, you know, I know we're talking about Benry, but I brought up. I want to talk about Herder for a bit. Like, he, like what he was doing defensively was just off the chart. Yeah, Pierce talked about Herder and particularly his defense. You know, I, I think understanding what we're asking of him was the initial concern. Now that he understands that he's watching film and he's spending time with the coaches, you can see him applying it. You can see him trying. Um, it's not to say he's not going to make mistakes, but his effort and his attention to what we're asking of him has improved drastically in the last week and a half. So it's good when you have a young guy that can take what you're trying to give him, apply it, and then 
you know, see him have some success, and that's why he's staying on the floor a little bit longer. In addition to the fact that he's a big guard that rebounds. You saw that in Cleveland. Um, so you got a guy that can rebound, push the break. He's a great passer. We haven't seen the shooting take off yet, but, you know, once that comes, you're going to see a lot more about, of Kevin Herter on the floor. But, th again, he, he's going to be in his development stages the entire year. There's so much that kid has to learn and go through. Uh, but we're excited to have him on the court, and I can steal any amount of minutes with him. I think it's great uh, as we move forward. It's a big picture for all these guys. Uh, but it just sucks that he's coming off an injury, and it's a slower progress for him. He had one possession where he just completely took everything that uh, that uh, Luka Doncic wanted to do. Mm -hmm. He had another possession where somebody was trying to drive, like J.J. Barea was just trying to get by him, and he wasn't allowing it through a screen or not. And then he ended the possession by grabbing the defensive rebound. Like, just, just a good, like, defensively, he was incredible. Um, I did not see that from him this early. Like, his awareness off the ball is very good. Like, it's night and day of what he was doing in the preseason. Absolutely. I, I feel like what I feel like he got he got benched. Um, he didn't play the first game, and ever since then he's just been on his P's and Q's defensively, and it's it's been a boost because with his size, like he's just able to just tap the ball away from you know bigs as long as long as um, out you know as long as our big men are you know boxing. Uh, their guy out and so you know he was doing that Bembry and Bembry was doing the same thing like this is what Bembry does so you know with you know the Mavericks not really having that athleticism to go off go up for offense rebounds outside of DeAndre Jordan like Bembry just you know he, he made it a priority because you know the thing with Bembry is like if he gets a rebound that's a fast break opportunity with him and that's that brought the game back and so that might be something scheme oriented as well, where it's like, hey, uh, you know, really we want our bigs to box out and we want our guards to get the rebound so we can push it on the fast break. That might be something that they're trying to do because, sure. you know, you, you can even see it with uh, Trey Young getting some defensive rebounds as well, something he wasn't doing at all in summer league. Um, just because yeah. Trey, Trey got the rebound on that one amazing pass, the one that almost decapitated Dorian. He got the, you know, he went yeah. way up to get that defensive rebound. Yep, got it, started the break, saw Torian in the corner, and just fired it away. And so, you know, it's, it's a great pass. When you don't have to – when the big can, you know, just box out and the guards can get the ball and go, like, you know, it's just it's just another half-second advantage on the defense. Yep. Who, you know – and that that's what was killing the Mavericks. It was a lot of, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. not getting back, you know, taking risks on offensive rebounds. He got one, but – you know, it, it kind of hurt them on the comeback trail. And then, you know, I mean, Bembry had an incredible floor game. Like, he played in control. You know, he took some bad shots, but you'll live with it when he's playing that well defensively. And, you know, he's not really turning the ball over, over the, although he did have one just He had one bad travel. travel. Yeah, one bad that, travel. That travel that travel was unacceptably bad. Like. <laughs> Uh, that one lingered. Doris Burke, Doris, <laughs> I mean Doris Burke killed killed him uh, on when when she talked about it. She was like, "It's a four on five break, and you travel there like you're open. Ugh, <laughs> not great." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty bad." And that's something Bembry's got to clean up because he makes that he makes that mistake way too often where he'll get the ball and he'll just you choke know, on the he'll decision. He'll not have his pivot. He he won't have his pivot foot set. Okay, right? he'll he'll just. 
So just assume like the ref isn't going to call him do that half step uh, runway where, you know, if you have a, your pivot foot set, you can just and you get the ball, you can just go, something that Torian Prince right. is pretty good at. And if you don't, you split your feet, and that's when they call it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, Bembry, like everybody, like nobody played poorly. Like even Spellman, like Spellman had, he had a rough stretch. Everybody has a rough stretch during sure. that first half. But <laughs> right. he, brought it back, he brought it back, and he had a great, you know, he had a great defensive rebound in traffic. Um, and you know, he played, you know, he played, he played his game. Um, you know, he, he, it looked like he got frustrated by the foul calls, but you know, he, he brought it back to, you know, respectability, um, for him. And he, he was, he was actually pretty solid. Everybody was pretty solid. Um, overall. I think my dog is making a cameo. He's, he's, she's like way off in another part of the house, but irritated at something enough that it's picking up. So, so that's my dog. If anybody's wondering, um, I have an injury update for you. Go ahead. Uh, for starters, I asked about Alex Poitras, and Pierce said we talked to Pierce at like one o'clock this afternoon, and he basically said that it was it was coming later in the day at like two or three. Poitras was there in the back on the training table, but he hadn't had the MRI yet. And then I asked about Hamilton and Anderson. I was a little bit surprised. Here's what he said. I know you probably weren't on the court for that much time today, but how much can Justin and Daniel do at this point? Uh, a lot more. Daniel's over there playing now. You see him, this is a low-minute workout. And so this is the first day of contact for Daniel to be out there playing against the guys. They're 4-4, four four, I guess, right now. Um, so it's good that he can play against NBA bodies. Justin can play, just can't play against NBA bodies. So we're, there's a step-by-step process for him. I believe next week is when he can progress to this portion of it. You know, with the coaches, there's a little less concern. We're not moving as fast, <laughs> not jumping as high. Uh, so there's just less concern about his involvement, the physicality side. Uh, and, and, and his injury is one that there's a timetable on it. Um, in terms of post-surgery when he can return to play. And so that's why uh, we're, we're taking this route this path. So Hamilton is actually, I think, going to be ready before Anderson or Collins, which, you know, a few weeks back I wasn't necessarily expecting it to be that way. Um, in fact, the, the two at, – uh, what am I trying to say there? At the end of practice, some of the less used players, some of the the players playing lighter minutes, had like a four on four set of scrimmages, and it was mm-hmm. it was Lynn Hamilton, Herder, and Deadman against Jalen Adams, Tyler Dorsey, Miles Plumley, and who am I forgetting? Oh, and Spellman. So kind of lopsided teams, but uh, <laughs> but Hamilton looked good. Uh, you know, he w- in my opinion, I you know I think Bembry just in terms of like moving around the court, he just floats and glides. His strides are just effortless, and like Hamilton mm-hmm. today, like he's not that fluid, but he's not that far from it either. He really moves around the court nicely, just just an ease in his in his strides and you know when he was driving it it was 
it was not it didn't look like the typical guy coming back from an injury man I guess it's a shoulder injury so it shouldn't be but his legs look ready to go and uh you know he was making a couple of jump shots I I mean I'm I'm guessing that this is just a random irresponsible speculative guess here but you know maybe a week or something and he'll be back I mean that that'd be good news because you know they're gonna need somebody to take Alex Porthrus minutes. Um, you know, Justin Hamilton doesn't exactly play or fill the same role, but at the same time, they just need you know they need bodies. Yeah, you uh, can shift Torian or or and today yeah. Pierce was saying that Bembry plays power forward at times. So I mean, if you have another wing, you make that shift and and get by on that because honestly, that's probably a better thing. I mean. Poitras has been good, but it just seems like there's always, I don't know, he's good and he he's does always, some things, but it, it always seems like there's a, a breakdown and things get gummed up a little bit when he's out there. Yeah, and not like defensively, said, like more night, offense. Yeah, but, you know, last game, he was fine um, the prior two games, but um, this past game, like, you know, the errors he was making, and, and again, it was only a couple of possessions, uh, but he just wasn't, he wasn't getting, like, it's not that he wasn't getting back, but he was getting back, assuming, to the wrong man, where, right. you know, you would just, you'd watch the replay and be like, Trey already has him covered, like, you got to get to the corner where your man is, mm-hmm. you know, he, was, he wasn't really reading the floor correctly right. in transition, and that kind of, that kind of led to some easy, um, Easy looks, but they, I mean, they need Poitras. Um, you know, they got away with playing Vince Carter uh, in large part because the Mavericks couldn't really take advantage. And Vince, I mean, Vince had a hell of a game. This is why, you know, this, this is why Vince still has a role in this league in that he can, as long as, you know, teams can't really take advantage of his, his you know, lack of quickness or, you know, if they can't do that, like, he still can play. Sure. And, uh, you know, he kind of, he hurt the Mavericks on a couple of, quality pick and roll plays that he was running with uh, the ball handler uh, for three. And then, you know, like you said, defensively, he was just playing zone. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter, he, he was it, it just goes to the Ma- – Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to the Mavericks' deficiencies. They just don't – like, outside of Wesley Matthews, the Mavericks didn't have any – you know, and outside of Wesley Matthews and Dennis Smith Jr., they didn't have anybody who could really take advantage of – you know, somebody as slow as, you know, Vince Carter. So, you know, Vince was fine guarding Kleba, you know, or Powell or whoever. Like, those guys can't challenge him mm-hmm. with the ball in their hands. And so, you know, it just it just helps to have him on the floor and be a veteran, uh, you know, and calm things down when things need to be calmed down. <laughs> yeah. So the last couple of minutes, like Wesley Matthews, for all the NBA has said about freedom of movement, Wesley Matthews was like Trey Young's backpack for the last three minutes. He was bumping him, you know, just grind. You know, there were all sorts of situations where he was he was bumping Trey Young. And like I read the last two minute report today, and there was no, you know, they were like, oh yeah, well that, you know, was this a foul on Matthews? No, it wasn't. But he he was creating contact with Young defensively you know, trying to pry a ball loose when they were in desperation mode the last couple of minutes. And he didn't get it, you know, to to Trey Young's credit. I thought that was the thing that was most impressive for Trey Young the whole game was just that that last couple of minutes, he he just took control 
and said, you know, I got the ball. And, you know, no matter how, how much this guy digs into me, there was one point where, like, Trey went down to a knee and just kept his dribble alive as, as Matthews almost got up on his back, kind of tripped over him. He never did give the ball up. And, and I thought that was just a superb amount of poise. And, you know, Vince was super helpful in that regard, too, because he was the guy back there with him, just kind of setting the screens to free him up a little bit. And like, yeah, he was, he was, he was calm with the basketball and that, you know, uh, that allowed Trey Young to reset and, you know, get his feet under him and, you know, run the offense because Wesley Matthews couldn't stay in front of Trey Young without fouling. And mm-hmm. that, and that ended the game, like the Mavericks made it easy. You know, the Hawks didn't really have to make a play um, to close the game because, you know, Weston Matthews just decided he's just going to foul Trey and hope the ref's not going to call it. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what – I don't know what got Matthews crawled to end the game, but uh, he just committed, like, back-to-back dumb fouls that basically iced the game. And so, you know, shout, shout to him. <laughs> All right. You got anything else you want to throw into this one? Uh no, it's I think we we uh covered this game pretty well. Um you know, going forward hopefully you know, hopefully, you know, during this easy stretch of basketball that the Hawks have, uh you know it's you know, they're not really playing tough competition outside the Sixers coming up. You know, hopefully they can just cut down on the mental errors. Uh, really the start games because it's been a consistent theme with all four games where they're just coming out slow. And when you look at the game tape, it's just a lot of, it's just a lot of dumb mistakes that are, you know, easily, easily fixable, which they end up doing, but they shouldn't be putting themselves in a hole yeah. uh, the way they have been, because, you know, looking at this game, like it made me pinpoint how, what happened with the Knicks and what happened with the Grizzlies and, no disrespect to either of those teams, but like to me, neither team was doing all that much, all anything special. It was just the Hawks making dumb errors, turning the ball over, not getting back on defense, not you know communicating properly. Just just a bunch of dumb mistakes that you know in time, hopefully they can they can cut down more and more. But you know, next game, hopefully they don't get down twenty six points by halftime because that would suck. Because, you know, you, you're not really supposed to come back w- when leads get that big. But, you know, the Hawks, you know, credit to them. They earned that win um, by playing great defense. All right. You're Atlantic, or your Southeast uh, Division leading Hawks. Yeah. Sure <laughs> are. Are, are they going to have home court in the playoffs? No comment. <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I'll be fair. Um, I got one more thing. Go ahead. Subscribe, rate, review. Oh, yeah. Get in there. Let us know. Uh, I, I've seen a couple of couple people getting in there and doing it, and I, I much appreciate it. And if there are more of you, that would be even better. Uh, so if you could take a chance to do that, we'd appreciate it. All right, man. I'm off to make soup. All right. See you. All right. Have a good one. You too.